You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Hello? Can you hear me? This is Jeremy. I'm sending this message through my pixies, and Eric has digitally encoded my message so you can hear it. This episode marks the 150th Neverland podcast. That's very exciting and I want to thank you for listening and enjoying the show. Make sure you continue to share it with others and help keep the magic alive, even though I'm upside down somewhere. I believe, you, my friend, will be the key to setting me free from this place. Alright y'all, one more time! It don't matter what you look like, it don't nobody gonna sing with me, okay. The Neverland Trailer Park Jim, whatever I do, I do it to protect you. So you understand? I understand. Rebellion is all that remains to push back the Empire. We think you might be able to help us. When was the last time you were in contact with your father? What is this? It appears he is critical to the development of a super weapon. If my father built this thing, we need to find him. All right. How many do I need? They are requesting a call sign. It's, um, Rogue. Rogue One. The power that we are dealing with here is immeasurable. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Hold of this moment. The force is strong. Make ten men feel like a hundred. We'll take the next chance. And the next. You're rebels, aren't you? Save the rebellion! Save the dream! There was a great new trailer for Star Wars Rogue One this week that gave us a bit more information about Jen. Her father is somehow key to creating the Death Star. I'm very excited to see this movie, if I ever get back to Neverland. Keep a pixie in your pockets. to bring your death certificate. Hey, thanks for coming with me, guys. 
You weren't kidding. This place is becoming like a classic episode of Scooby-Doo. Good evening. Uh, guys, uh, I really have to ask, who did that voice? It's him. Okay, now it really is kind of like Scooby-Doo, but not the fun Saturday morning kind. Ah, uh, last boy ever. So cool to see you. <laughs> and you brought friends. Joining me are Trenton Larkin from Who Did That Voice? And Tim Nidell with Gary Lane from Saturday Morning Rewind. We ain't afraid of no ghost hosts, right guys? Uh, this place was a lot more fun when Jeremy was running the show. <laughs> yeah, do you remember the last time that we were all in Neverland together? This calls for a rewind. Well, hey guys, thanks for coming to Neverland. It's kind of fun to just hang out here, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Most hey, definitely. Uh, you guys like yeah. to watch those Halloween cartoons? Oh yeah, absolutely. I might, I might have to do something this Halloween. I have completely not planned any shows for Halloween. I have no idea what to do. I've got some audio for you. Oh, yeah, because that's always good whenever we can get in there. And gosh, I wonder if people will really get to hear there's going to be some new stuff at the Haunted Mansion. I hear they're going to put Sally in this year. That'll be cool. Oh, definitely. Let's take a ride out of Disney Park. Let's take a ride right now. Oh, oh.
You guys have some holiday, some Halloween plans on, on your shows? Yeah, yeah, I've got some stuff that I'm thinking of doing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we are re- uh, planning on releasing a couple interviews that I just recently did. With, uh, John Kassir, he was the voice of the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. Fred Freeze, he was the son of Paul Freeze, who is actually the ghost host in the Haunted Mansion, and we talk all about his dad. So it's a really, really fun interview. Wow, oh, very cool. nice. So definitely in October, people got to be checking out what's going on. Hmm. Yeah, and coming up on my show on Who Did That Voice, uh, the first weekend in October, we'll have the voice of Barbie, 
uh, from the original voice uh, that was the established voice for about 10 years. And then uh, after that, we'll have the voice of the general from the general car insurance company. And uh, he also voices a lot of different Transformer toys and uh, American greeting cards. And the week after that, we have Townsend Coleman, who does Mm. the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Awesome. The week after that, we have Barry Gordon, who does the voice of Donatello from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then on October 31st, our Halloween special will be with Neil Ross, who plays the Green Goblin from the 1994 Spider-Man. Oh, wow. Cool. Nice. Wow. So and I still have no idea what I'm going to do in October. I, you know, I don't know. My brain, for some reason, just hasn't been functioning or thinking of spooky thoughts at all. But I'm sure when we get to October, it'll be really cool around here. Oh, I'm sure you'll think of something. Oh, yeah, it'll come. Oh, golly. So, hey, what was y'all's like some of your favorite Halloween cartoons? You know, like those specials. I mean, I uh, heck, there's at least three really good Mickey Mouse cartoons. I mean, gosh, there's there's actually a lot of Mickey Mouse cartoons that actually had like spooky subject matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, automatically, everybody's going to think of Lonesome Ghost. But, I, you know, if you think back or if you watch some of the old black and white, there is some great Ub Iwerks work. Okay, so everybody's seen the Halloween dance, right? Yes. Yeah, with the skeletons, of course. Oh, the skeleton dance, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ub Iwerks actually did Mickey Mouse in the Haunted House. Uh, this was, let's see, let me look this up again. 1929 has this really great thing that Ub Iwerks did. And Ub Iwerks started, he had kind of a a style of Mickey where he had like a line around his eyes, you know, because he, he had the pie eyes without mm-hmm. the slice missing back in the cartoons. But he had a kind of neat style of how he would draw Mickey. But uh, Mickey goes into this little haunted house because it's a stormy night. Of course, that's how you wander into haunted houses. And he goes in there. And as is typical, and you're going to find this a lot of these old classic Mickey Mouses. There's this ghostly thing that kind of comes along that turns out to be a skeleton with all his skeletons crew. And they force Mickey Mouse to play the organ while they all do a skeleton dance. And there's actually uh, a couple of scenes animation cells pretty much i think probably just lifted and reused from the skeleton dances they're all dancing around and doing fun things of playing xylophones and guitars off of their rib cages and this is really just goofy and fun uh but yeah mainly i think this was completely animated by ub iwerks because back in the early days he did do that frequently uh but the cool thing is it has music by carl stalling mm-hmm. now y'all probably know who that is right right oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah yep no one's gonna fill in that blank <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we did. Yeah, well, I've heard of him. Oh, yeah, well, I've heard of him, too. Didn't he? <laughs> there's one bone I tossed out that nobody decided to pick up and run away with. But yes, Carl Stalling later went over and worked with Warner Brothers on all of those great Looney Tunes cartoons. You will find his name attached. Very, very cool. Well, that is one of three Mickey Mouse cartoons I've got, but uh, we'll save some of these other ones later. Let's, uh, you know, Tim, you actually uh, were telling me something about a pretty... <laughs> Odd. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For some reason, I love Halloween specials when it comes to cartoons. And I just love Halloween personally everywhere. But I don't know why, but I kind of wanted to talk about a kind of obscure show that I'm sure you guys may know of, but your listeners may not have know. It's um, Davy and Goliath. Do you guys remember Davy and Goliath? I do. I do. Sure, Davy. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Davy. So yeah, the frequently made fun of cartoon. I think that would wasn't it. There was some ad that actually used Davy and Goliath as kind of a joke, and then yeah. uh, Adult Swim's kind of made a joke of Davy and Goliath. I made their own show that's yeah. really nasty. But we won't get into that. More oral. Yeah, <laughs> Hal Smith I actually show. played uh, played the dog. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna get into that. Thanks, thanks, buddy. For... Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I actually, that. I watched this cartoon when you sent me the link, and I realized there's only like three voice actors in there. And yeah. Hal Smith, you can recognize. Oh him yeah, a lot of oh characters. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So normally I come on here and talk about the popular shows, like my favorite Ducktales or Thundercats. But here I am. I want to talk about one of my favorite obscure shows that I used to love watching on Sunday mornings before church. I'm sure you guys may have been the same way too. Oh yeah. So yeah, pretty David, much. <laughs> I noticed Gary's been real quiet though. Is he even here? I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Are you a dear? I'm here. I've just got. I'm. I've got like a cold, so I'm sniffling a lot. So my mic's on mute. So oh, I thought you're unless crying. Unless there's a point. Well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Too much of this Neverland Beach sand is. We're just out here chilling on the beach at Neverland. <laughs> Okay, so for the for listeners that may not know Dave and Goliath, here's a little quick setup. It's it was a clay animated TV show produced by the Lutheran Church in America, so it was very religious and had really good moral endings. Honestly, um, yeah, without being preachy either. Yeah, it really wasn't too preachy. It really was. It taught you just good values, good family values that you need to learn anyway. So why not watch mm-hmm. it? And uh, it's it's stop action. I love stop action work. Um, I guess maybe Rangan Bass is probably the best that. For me, at least, I, I mean, Tim Burton's great too, yeah. but Rangan Bass definitely is number one in my book, uh, followed by Gumby, of course, and Davy and Goliath. Oh, I love Gumby. Yes, and there's a connection too. You know, Davy and Goliath, of course, the creators of Gumby um, teamed up really? with the Lutheran Church, and they helped create the show. Yeah. What I, I didn't I know, know that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. If, even shares a couple Gumby. of the, <laughs> even shares a couple of the voice actors as well. Oh, dude! Wow. So the show premiered in, every afternoon. Yeah. And the show. So the show premiered in 1960 and lasted for about five years and then resumed again in the early 70s. Like you said, uh, Hal Smith did a lot of the voices in the show, which include Davy's father and also Goliath the dog. Um, and for listeners out there, Hal Smith is a big time voice actor. Um, you may yeah. know him mainly. My, one of my favorites is General Gearloose from DuckTales. And another favorite yes. of mine is Goofy from Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you uh, say on DuckTales? For all eternity, maybe even longer. Gerald Gearloose. Glumberg or Goldberg? Nope, Gearloose. I thought he was, the, he played like uh, Glumgold. <clears throat> That's true, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Mm, You're right, yeah. yeah. Mm. He was like the opposite of, of Scrooge. Scrooge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the other name that you mentioned, though. Gyro, he, he was, was the, the uh, mechanic dude that helped out. Built, yeah, he built the time machine. Oh, oh, okay. Kind of like Wit from Adventures and Odyssey, an inventor. Right. Exactly. Sure. And also, he was the original owl in the original Winnie the Pooh uh, yeah. half hour feature. Yep. He also tackled Winnie the Pooh as well. He also yeah. played owl when they did the uh, when they did the animatronic one back when they had Dumbo Circus, I believe. <laughs> Welcome to Pooh yeah. Corner. Yeah, Pooh Corner. Uh, yeah, Pooh Corner. like the yeah, original yeah. Disney shows. That show yeah. was terrifying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> twenty foot tall Dumbo, <clears throat> baby Dumbo. <laughs> Okay, uh, and of course, people might remember Hal Smith from Andy Griffith. He was Otis the drunk that used to just walk in there and lock himself up in the jail when he was juiced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Mayberry special, when they did the anniversary, he came back as an ice cream man because of his reputation on Adventures in Odyssey. He didn't want to tarnish that, so he didn't come back in the reunion show as a drunk, but as an ice cream man. That's cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was fantastic. He has the old school... Uh, soda jerk hat and outfit and he's like serving ice cream out of an old school ice cream truck with a bell kind of thing nice <laughs> fantastic you guys gotta watch it. yeah I, I know i saw part of one but it, it wasn't like a reunion show it was just um uh, a kind of a remembrance sort of documentary where they showed a few clips and then they actually had rebuilt the set and then had andy griffith uh, and some of the other 
cast members come in and see a rebuilt set. Uh, it was pretty cool. Wow. I'm sure this stuff is out there on DVD somewhere, though. Well, Tim was think. talking. Tim was talking about Davy yeah. and Goliath running from about 1960 <laughs> to about 1965 <laughs> before it picked up. And uh, Charlie Brown uh, show the It's a Great Pumpkin uh, by Charlie Brown. Uh, the title came out in 1966, so in that same time frame uh, as Davy and Goliath. Nice. And um, do you guys know what network it first aired on when it was released in 1966? I would guess CBS. That's what I would guess. Wrong. Absolutely. It was CBS. Yeah. And uh, they owned it for um, from 66 to 2000. And then in 2001, who do you think picked it up? What network? ABC. Absolutely. <laughs> Disney all the way, baby. Because I watch it every year. I have to watch it when it's on TV and I pull out my DVD copy. I absolutely love this. I even used to have, a, you know, the read along cassettes. I had yeah. a cassette tape and book of uh, of it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And I actually, I think, went through that book before I ever got to see the special on TV. Yeah. Well, do you remember the read-along 8-track? 8-track? No, neither do I. (laughs) 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 I just thought that'd be funny. But But I did have read-along records before cassettes. That was about as far back as I go. Yeah, Yeah, I know that feeling. Um, But... uh, and that was back when they had – what was the guy uh, – no, I'm, I was about to say Lou Scheimer, but he did like Master of the Universe. But yeah, there was a guy who was really famous for having – he was the one that really has carried on the the Peanuts specials. And I can't think of his name. Did you happen to find that? Um, no, I, I don't have who's kind of carried that on. I know Charles Schultz um, was originally um, the one that wrote the comic strip for Peanuts. But as far as who's carried that on into the future, uh, I'm not sure of that. Well, now when they make cartoons, they just base it straight off of one of his strips because he didn't want anybody else to write any of the the stuff, which I can understand because he'd put so much of his life into the Peanuts characters that, you know, you wouldn't want anybody to go a different route with it, which is why I was really glad that his children were involved in that Peanuts movie. And they really Mm -hmm. didn't keep the spirit of what Charles Schultz had created. It was just so great. And I'm a huge fan of Charlie Brown. (laughs) I kind of feel like (laughs) Charlie Brown most of my life where everything just goes wrong. But I I just keep going and keep moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Charlie Brown gets the brunt end of everything. Everybody in the show keeps saying, oh, I got this kind of candy. Oh, I got that. And he's like, I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> the poor kid gets a rock at every house. And the one thing I love about the animation is like, you know, they're like throwing 10 pieces of candy in a bag and they'd be like, all I got was a popcorn ball. And I'm going, they threw 10 pieces of candy. What do you mean you only got a popcorn <laughs> ball? Like, you know, like the animation does not match the dialogue. And then the one kid that got one piece got like 20 things. And you're like, how does that even work out? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so smart and clever, too, when that when Linus is writing his letter there and he's talking, telling them, so, well, hey, I'll quit believing in the great pumpkin when you quit believing in a, in a weird man in a bread suit that says, ho, ho, ho. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just seems clever to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. But uh, oh, the guy I was thinking of, which I'm sorry, I can't think of his name, but why I bring him up is. You know, the Peanuts cartoons all had that style of how the kids would talk. Yeah. Well, they would get all these child actors and they would be prepared to just act the part as they normally would. And he would go and say the lines to the kids in a very specific way because he thought they wouldn't be able to do it if he didn't. And it just became a tradition that he would say the lines as exactly kind of goofy way. And so they would just repeat it exactly the way he said it, following his direction, (laughs) which is why they all talk the same. On that monotone tone. Yeah. (laughs) 
But I love the way that the, the newer movie did keep that tradition. They did. They just said, OK, this is the way these characters talk. So this is what we're going to do. Yeah, I would say about the only characters that really had a lot of in, inflection would be Lucy and Sally somewhat. But Lucy was the only one that really had any kind of variation away from that same monotone tonage. Yeah, because she got to get mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I just realized that we didn't actually connect why we were bringing up Davy and Goliath for a Halloween thing. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> yep. yeah, we talked about there was a TV series, but there is a uh, it was what was it just called Who Done It? I don't think they call it a Halloween Who Done It because I noticed when I was watching it, they kept talking at Mischief Night. They didn't want to call it Halloween oh, yeah. because there's a lot of people in the Christian community that, that think we shouldn't do anything for Halloween whatsoever, and they even <clears> get <throat> mad at us churches like mine where we do a trunk or treat. So they were being very careful about how they presented it, even though, I mean, they had jack-o'-lanterns in there, and the and kids didn't go out trick-or-treating. They just went out to play pranks, and that's kind of where the story went. But yeah. uh, I'll let Tim continue on that. But I just realized we never get into this. I know. I know. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Real quick, I wanted to mention the, the voice actors who did the voice of Davey. Um, originally, it was Dick Beals, and uh, he was pretty big as well in, in the voice actor world, um, I guess most notably in commercials as Speedy Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> but yeah, so later wow. after 65, when it was revamped later in the 70s, Norma McMillan took over as the voice of Davy, and her most famous role is the voice of Casper. Oh, oh cool. so wow. that's actually the who, original. Yes. Yeah. Original Casper. So that's wow. actually who you hear in this special, because this special came out in 1967 after she took over. Hmm. I, I didn't realize anyone besides Dick Bills ever did it because he lived into the, I think, Early 2000s? Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, like he, he did. And huh. so it is quite odd that they went that direction. But hey, she was a great voice actress as well. So yeah, this this episode is called Halloween Who Done It, And uh, opens up and Davey is, is a young kid. I'd say he's probably about 10 years old. And his dog Goliath walks in. His, his dog talks, by the way. And uh, only course. only Davey and the audience can hear him and understand him. Nobody else, everybody else says hears barks. Well, doesn't his sister understand him, though, too? No, no, she was asking. No, she doesn't. Nope, she doesn't know what he's saying either. So it opens up, and Davey's putting up some decorations for Halloween at probably, I'm assuming, some kind of church, because it is a very, you know, church show. And uh, they later go to Mr. Kloss's donut shop, where he's handing out free donuts to the kids because he loves kids. He even admits himself that uh, he calls the kids his own kids because that's how much he loves them. Yeah, I think there was some definite... um, implication of who he represents yeah the way he very pays true for everybody's mistakes yeah and loves everybody because they're all his i'm like yeah i get it that's very cool <laughs> that's a good point that's a very good point you'll see that mm-hmm. later on when the episode closes what he does to help out and so later in that day uh davy is at mr green's house and a regular adult and they're both collecting honey in his backyard and davy's wearing this beekeeper outfit and uh, he mentions that nobody would know who he was underneath that costume. But that's when Mr. Green tells him that, you know, that may be true, but God would know who's under that costume. And, of course, that will come, you know, back to haunt Davey later in the episode. Yeah, because the, the gist of things is wearing the mask. They were taking on other identities and get into some a uh, little bit more than just friendly. Yeah, if they gets downright nasty, some of the things they do. Yeah. And they keep using the excuse of, oh, it's not I'm me, not Davey. Yeah. I'm, I'm the Martian. Exactly. Because later on that, <laughs> that at night they do a costume contest and he's a Martian and and Goliath is a tiger and his sister is a witch. 
and then they get in some really bad behavior mischief that night, and they, like Jeremy just said, they don't blame themselves. They say, oh, the Martian did it. I didn't do it. Nobody knows it was me, so let's keep doing it. They're breaking windows. They're turning over doghouses and destroying them, turning over trash cans, and then finally they go back to Mr. Green's house, and Davy destroys the beehive, his little bee crate area where they collect the honey. And mm-hmm. uh, first he feels guilty for it, but then he realizes, hey, Mr. Green doesn't know it was me. I was in a costume. It wasn't me. So fast forward to the next morning, you know, they're all feeling guilty for what they did the night before and uh, come to find out that Mr. What's his name? Mr. Kloss. Yeah. Mr. Kloss, the donut shop guy paid for all the damage that was done by the kids that night because they're kids being kids and they can't afford to fix it themselves. So he'll just pay for it. And uh, Mr. Green. Symbolism. Yes. <laughs> and so Mr. Green goes by Davy's house because they're supposed to go to the zoo later on that day. They already planned it earlier. And uh, Davy comes out and confesses that it was actually him. And uh, Mr. Green said, hey, you don't have you didn't have to tell me that, you know, it was taken care of. But Davy felt really bad. And he says, instead of going to the zoo, let's go fix you a new beehive. And that was the lesson end. learned. Yes. <laughs> Because he the said, "Davy and Goliath was all about teaching you lessons." Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a good lesson, you know. Be honest, and if you make a mistake or you do something wrong, make up for it somehow. If you can't pay for it, helping to fix it, you know, that's that was a good thing. You know, make it right. Because Get forgiveness and make it right. Nobody else may know, but you know, God knows, and it, it will eat at you. Honestly, the yes, guilt will. will eat at you. Yep, what you do mm-hmm. in secret will be brought to the light. But now we're gonna get preachy. <laughs> I'm going to throw out a, another Mickey Mouse cartoon into the middle of this. This is from 1933, and this has got a lot of significance. This one is great. Now, this is animation by Art Babbitt, and it was directed by David Hand. This is called The Mad Doctor. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I love this one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, oh, my goodness. There are some – this really shows that even with the old black and white, and this is still 1933. This is five years even before Snow White. There's some amazing tricks of animation they develop where, you know, the, the premise here is that uh, Pluto gets taken away by this mysterious Dr. Triple X or Dr. XXX or whatever you want to call him. And Mickey goes running to this spooky old castle trying to save save Pluto. And at one point he's walking through the halls of this castle and it, it's it's almost like a third person perspective video game. I mean, the the walls are moving smoothly in in a very 3D fashion as Mickey is walking around calling for Pluto. And then he even turns a corner and you smoothly go around a corner. I mean, it's almost like playing Doom. (laughs) But it's 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 amazing because your your brain wants to say because now that that was done with a computer because it so perfectly goes around in three dimensionally. But it was all by hand. And it's just it's mind blowing. And so I absolutely do love that. And another thing that's one of my favorite little bits on there, Mickey starts to go up this staircase and behind him, each stair lifts up like a coffin and there's a skeleton in each side, each uh, inside each stair as he climbs up and he gets to the top and he stops and underneath the main step where he stopped, a skeleton tips that one and all of the other skeletons tip their lids and slide him right back down the stairs. But it's just, <laughs> it's so clever and fun. And I don't know what the obsession with skeletons were because they use them a lot. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys do know a, about the history about Art Babbitt and Walt Disney, right? No, you can fill us in though. Okay, Art that Art Babbitt was his arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney hated Art Babbitt. He's actually tried to huh. get him fired many times, which he would get fired, but then Art would sue because it wasn't legally, you know, right to just fire him for no reason that he would come back. 
And it all mm-hmm. Art Babbitt is one of the reasons why we get the anti-Semitic rumors about Walt Disney. He's actually the one that started the rumors. Oh, okay. Was he one of the ones that also led this strike, strike later? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Ah, so he wasn't very nice later, but you yeah. got to give him credit for this cartoon. I agree. His work. He, he was amazing with what he did. He later worked on Snow White and all the major cartoons that they came up with. But yeah, he just wasn't a very nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's some fun bits, though. I mentioned earlier that the, it's almost like a doom, like a video game when Mickey is walking through this this hall. There is actually a video game connection to this cartoon. Anybody know? Epic Mickey, Mickey. Mania. So who said Mickey Mania? Is there something I, in Mickey Mania as well? Yeah, there was. The second level of Mickey Mania was the Mad Doctor level. And there's also a Lonesome Ghost level in that game. Oh, oh Lonesome wow. Ghost. I love okay, see, I need to find this game. I, I don't think I think I may have heard of it, maybe, but I have never played this. I need to play this now. But yeah, I was it's thinking for the Epic Sega Mickey. Genesis, Super Nintendo, and uh, PlayStation. Oh, so it's like an old retro thing. Golly. Uh-huh. I wonder if they've done a re-release. Because, you know, they did do a, a kind of a re- retooling of Castle of Illusion. Yep. Yeah, which I've only played a little bit, and it's really well remade. It's really cool. I want to play that. If you've ever got any Disney video game questions, I'm probably the guy to go to, especially if it's from that era. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, right. I was thinking of Epic Mickey because your first boss and that the when you first get into the castle and everything is 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 good old Doctor Triple X there. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't reuse him in the cartoon. I'll talk about after we get through our our next cartoons hey, here. Hey Gary, I got a question. Yeah. I got a question about a, a Disney video game. Okay. How do you beat Mickey Mousecapade? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been able to beat it. I know, I, I'm, I'm really asking. I just, you know, I was hoping that somebody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a hard game. Okay. Move on. I'm move trying on. to remember. That's the one for the Nintendo? <laughs> yeah, that's the one almost Mario style. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of those old Disney games were pretty tough back on the old Nintendo. Oh, oh yeah. The Little Mermaid was really easy. Uh, I never played that one. <laughs> It was super easy. You whip your tail around and flip bubbles at people. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a lot more fun than it sounds, actually. It's the only that. game I've ever beaten. <laughs> well, I wasn't about to admit that myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember I, I remember renting the Rescue Rangers game, and that was almost like Mario 2. That was tough. Mm-hmm. I never could finish that one. And then DuckTales, I didn't finish until I, I uh, played it when they remade it yeah. for the uh, it, It's for easier now. It's much easier now mm-hmm. with the revamp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you had a button to do your pogo, so you That's didn't true. have to do a tricky maneuver. That's true. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's just a pogo, pogo, pogo. And so, <laughs> all right, but on to our next special. Who wants to go next? Um, I guess I can go next. Stay with the Disney connection. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I picked, uh, I, I racked my brain for a while trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do, whether I wanted to do something modern or old or somewhere in between. And I wound up going with uh, a cartoon from 1992. Uh, it premiered October 14th, 1992. It's an episode of Goof Troop called Halloweenies. <laughs> and uh, this episode is, is fun because I tend to love the Pete episodes more, and this one's got a lot of Pete in it. Uh, and uh, basically what he does is he acquires an uh, old haunted mansion. Uh, that sounds familiar, right? Haunted yeah. by a trio <laughs> of ghostly musicians. That sounds familiar, right? Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it's got very loose ties to, I think, Lonesome Ghosts and uh, the Haunted Mansion. And it's just a lot of fun. There's not much more that you can say to it because it's very surface value, but it's a great, fun little watch every Halloween if you got 20 minutes to spare. So I got a little trivia for you guys. Do, you, do you know who created Goofy? 
We've already mentioned. I would say Walt Disney off the top of my head, but I'm probably wrong. Nope. Art Babbitt. Oh, (laughs) well, him again. And ironically, (laughs) ironically, Walt has said that Goofy is his least favorite character. And I think it's because of Art Babbitt. Probably so. That makes sense. (laughs) Oh, I know we never referred to him as Goofy. It was always the goof. Yes. Yep. Right. Yeah, and I know I've seen some documentary thing where it might have been with a like a Goofy DVD set or whatever. They had a little background about some of the uh, early designs with him and some some of the ideas for some stories when they were calling him first, you know, Dippy Dog, and then just eventually start calling him the Goof and all the different things they did in the old days. But I know I've seen something about that somewhere. But yeah, okay, sidetrack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually don't remember seeing that episode though. I I I, I don't know. It's, it's like I don't remember most of the episodes from Disney Afternoon. It's like it's all gone other than just the nostalgia of, oh, I used to love to watch that. But now I don't remember like specific episodes, except for <laughs> like one episode of DuckTales where they had the device that they could pause time where the three boys right. were pausing time. Yeah. So they could go to the movies instead of doing their chores yeah. and going to school and stuff. That was a great episode. <laughs> well, well, I will say this and, and Jason Schlierman is not paying me to say it, but this episode is available on the second volume of the Goof Troop DVD releases that are currently available. All right. I'll put it on my shopping list. <laughs> of course, I'm, I mainly <laughs> got to go after them DuckTales because DuckTales is still my absolute favorite. Yes, it is. Oh, yes. Too. Well, okay, I, I, like, can... I, li- I like Goof Troop a lot. It's very hit or miss with people, so I don't know. Yeah. You might like it. You might not, but it's worth 10 it, bucks. It had a great cast, definitely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, there's, uh, it's definitely uh, – because Pete, there's there's – I still have my preference that I still love the classic style Pete where he was more villainous. And so I love yep. Will Ryan's work as uh-huh. Pete, like in, in the Christmas Carol yes, and yes. also in the get a horse. But you got to love what Jim Cummings did with Pete because he made him into that lovable jerk next door. It's true. And, you know, and he's Jim still a great thing. Yeah, he's still voicing him just with a completely different tone in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. So he made the character even funnier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I love them both for specific reasons, but they're almost two different characters. They very much are. <laughs> I'm going to bounce off of that segue just real quick then, because uh, the third Mickey Mouse cartoon that I, I got uh, to bring up and this, I, I guess it's not as well known. And I had to I had to look up a thing here. There's about the release and the reception. Uh, and I'll just read this directly from this website. It says, in terms of general reception, the macabre nature of the animation's plot brought criticism from some Disney fans due to the contrast with the previously light tone of previous Mickey Mouse cartoons. Andy Mooney, then chairman of Disney's Consumer Products Unit, remarked to the Los Angeles Times in 2003, the very fact that Mickey was possessed was very disturbing to some audiences, though the the character overcomes that this was called runaway brain yeah oh, yes yeah it was actually first released in north america and on august 11th 1995 with a kid in king arthur's court then on september 12th 1996 with the hunchback in notre dame in australia which i didn't see it in front of that that i recall and then on october 18th 1996 it was attached to a goofy movie in the uk and then the short was re-released with 101 Dalmatians, which was then sent to theaters with the short attached in 1996. But Disney asked theater owners to cut the short off of all the film prints and replace it with trailers for the upcoming Disney films, including Hercules and George of the Jungle. Which, by the way, George of the Jungle in July 1997 is where Runaway Brain eventually ended up getting attached. And uh, I was actually talking to Eric over the weekend. That's where he remembers seeing Runaway Brain for the first time with George of the Jungle. Yep. Oh, I've been trying so, to pinpoint where I first saw that. So that would make sense. I've been trying but to. This does feature Jim Cummings. I've been trying to forget oh, yeah. that I saw George of the Jungle. 
You've been trying to solve it? No, what? forget. I'm trying to forget that oh. I saw it. <laughs> oh, you brought it, it up. Was, you almost forgot it. Yeah, it was fun, though. I, I remember wa- watching it once, maybe twice. It was fun. Yeah, it, it wasn't great. But you see, I used to like the old Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons, which Order of the Jungle was a part of. So I was just happy to have a movie of it. And it did well enough that they did try to make a, uh, um, oh, the one who is a Mountie, uh, Dudley Do-Right. They made yeah. a movie off that that mm-hmm. apparently was a real stinker. Also with Brendan Fraser. Also with Brendan Fraser. With Brendan Fraser. <laughs> and Monkey Bone with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> but th- this was a great, this was uh, Wayne Allwine voicing Mickey Mouse with Brian, his wife, Ruthie Taylor, there as Minnie. Uh, mm-hmm. Kelsey Grammer got to play. Now, this is once again another mad scientist. <laughs> I love this name. <laughs> yes. Frank and Ollie. Uh, yes. <laughs> Dr. Frank and Ollie. Now, for anyone who's not catching this, okay, so it is a joke like Frankenstein, but it's also Frank and Ollie. Uh, Frank, I forget his last name, and Ollie Johnson, some of the original. Frank, Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas, thank you. So Frank Tala, Thomas and Ollie Johnson, two of Walt Disney's original animators, which they even have a cameo in The Incredibles. They're the two guys standing around going, hey, that's the way to do it. That's old school. Love those two. And they were best friends in real and, life, and they lived next door to each other up until they died. And now we have the sad part because they have passed. I know. But we love their work, all the things they did. But it's just really cool to have the Frank and Ollie bit in there. Uh, Then, of course, you have Jim Cummings, who he's basically Pete, but he's actually Julius the monster, Mm -hmm. which is hilarious. And then Bill Farmer is in here, but not playing Goofy. He's playing the other famous dog, Pluto. Oh, yeah. Which if you've ever Mm -hmm. gotten to talk to him live and he's barked for you, it's wonderful because you can tell it's it's a definitely distinct (laughs) Pluto bark. But this was a good and yeah, as as I was reading, you know, to you before the plot of this, it is in order to get money to uh, take Mickey to Hawaii because he accidentally gets himself in trouble and accidentally leads her to believe they're going to Hawaii on an anniversary. He needs to get money. So he goes to be a what he thinks is like a lab assistant. And it turns out that uh, Dr. Frank and Ollie wants to put his calm brain into his monster. And so they get a well, brain, brain swap. Well, the the ad did say mindless work. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> And so what, of course, leads to some hijinks because the uh, monster gets a good look at Minnie and is like, woohoo, and just goes to check her out. In the meantime, of course, Minnie is picking out a bikini to wear to Hawaii. So, you know, uh, just a monster's dream, Mickey in a bikini. <laughs> so Mickey has to come save the day, get his brain switched back and rescue Minnie from the giant evil monster that wants to date her because of a bikini. It's <laughs> <laughs> that great stuff. It is a lot of fun, and we, it's a little bit more of getting to that hero Mickey that we do love, you know, from the old cartoons where he gets to play the hero. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and and I just love the timing. It's one gag immediately right after the other, and just building oh, yeah. up, building up, building up until the climax. You know, and oh, and yeah. it starts out so great with that, uh, you know, Mortal Kombat game featuring <laughs> the, the Seven Dwarves White. and the Evil Witch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, back at the time this this came out, that was the biggest thing was those fighting games. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned Mickey because Gary and I were actually talking about this last week. How I personally think there are two things I can think of where Disney dropped the ball. First one would be Jim Henson's work, Muppets. Second one would be Mickey Mouse. You don't see him at least in that light anymore, and I think that may be the last time I can think of where I remember enjoying Mickey Mouse as a character. Haven't you seen some of these newer Mickey Mouse cartoons? I hate the animation. Really? I hate the animation, well, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bit different, but it, it, uh, I do appreciate that it has some of that classic form, with, mixed up with a little bit of the modern SpongeBob humor. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't really like that humor, so I don't tend to watch it, so I, I can't really talk about the news. I've only seen maybe two episodes of it. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, it is definitely different, but I, I found some fun in them. I, I still think they're pretty good. But yeah, I, I prefer the classics myself. Well, speaking of classics, if I can uh, step up and share my favorite Halloween special. Yes, go ahead. By all <laughs> means. All right. No. Mine. Oh, okay. Then. Mine starts out with what I think is probably one of the scariest things. And I hope we don't see any of these coming up in October, but it starts hey, with a clown. Oh, yes. Scary clowns. I, I hope I hope they don't show up this year because scary clowns are just nasty. But yes, it does start out with that scary clown, Binky, <laughs> yelling at Garfield the cat, "Hey kids!" <laughs> and Garfield, it's the Garfield Halloween special. Um, he gets frustrated with Binky waking him up that morning, and then Binky says, "You got to get up and exercise because." Tonight, you got to go out there and get all that candy, right? As Garfield shuts off the TV and says, wait, what, candy? And he realizes that that day is Halloween, and he and Odie uh, get their costumes together so that they can go out and get all of this candy. And Garfield, I love the way he puts it, he tells Odie, you know what, Odie? Tonight, we get to go out and get all of this candy, and if you're really good and if you help me out, I'll even give you a piece. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it it turns kind of spooky, uh, right towards the end um, after they've had this night out of getting candy and trick-or-treating um, Garfield gets greedy he knows that there's more houses across the river for them so he and Odie jump in a rowboat he tells Odie put the oars out and Odie dumps the oars overboard um, <laughs> and they end up stuck on this little island with an old mansion on it and they walk in and a very non-Jim Davis designed creepy old man is sitting there in an overstuffed chair in front of a fireplace and he tells Garfield and Odie about these pirates who a hundred years ago had buried their treasure underneath the mansion and they made a blood pact to come back 100 years later whether they were alive or dead to claim that treasure back and he happened to be the cabin boy on that ship and he Actually ran out of the place before the ghost even showed up and took mm-hmm. uh, Garfield's uh, rowboat with him along with all of his candy. Which is but pretty spry left... for a guy that had to have been over 100 years old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but that leaves Garfield and Odie behind when, again, you get this very out-of-style um, uh, set of ghost pirates that show up and frighten Garfield and Odie and uh, that actually come and claim the treasure that's been buried there. Of course, Garfield and Odie are are scared out of their wits. They swim back to the shore where they find the rowboat along with all of their candy. Um, And at the end of it, Garfield ends up giving Odie half of the candy and says, you know what? You help me out. You deserve this. You really ought to have it. And so there we get a good moral message to the end of it. Right. And along the way, you get some great songs from Lorenzo Music. Oh, most definitely. Both Lorenzo Music and Lou Rawls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, we know Lorenzo Music as the the door guy on Rhoda and as uh, the original Peter Venkman on the real Ghostbusters. Um, and I know there's a story there behind tummy gummy. with what happened there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tummy Gummy as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, so definitely some good classic voice work going on in there. And I really like the songs. I did find a, found a like clips of all the songs that I keep them in my Halloween song collection, so I can hear that. What should I be? There's so many songs to me. <laughs> There's all these great songs. I love that special. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
I love all the Garfield holiday specials. Yeah. But I remember mm. this one being particularly scary. And it's either the Thanksgiving or the Christmas one that's particularly devastating about losing loved ones. And I just remember being really shaken up by the uh, specials as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Might be the Christmas one because I know he spends that's where he first gets to spend some time with grandma. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, That's that's a really heart touching one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. The, but you get a completely different grandma on the Thanksgiving special because she shows up on a Harley to to cook up a Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have a DVD set of those. I love to watch them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Oh my goodness. Well, is there anything we should like touch on as we go? I mean, because uh, I know there was a Fat Albert Halloween special, which is also got a Fat Albert always had a good moral lesson there too. And this is of course filmation. Lou Scheimer used to do these. Um, but they, of course, they they learn to not have a prejudice against somebody because they're old and live in a weird old house that they might actually be very friendly and have you in for sodas and treats. You know, yep. <laughs> just kind of sum it up, <laughs> and that you shouldn't pull nasty pranks on old people either because it's not nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, oh Absolutely. my goodness, there was there's even some claymation ones that I, that were by the same people who did the California Raisins. Oh, Will so Vinton. Yeah, the Will Vinton. Yeah, there's a Halloween special, which I have on a DVD somewhere. I've only watched it a couple of times, but it's it's also fun. Uh, but there's, my goodness, all kinds of great old specials Tiny back Toons. in the day. I don't, Tiny I don't think they make them good, like this anymore. Tiny Toons has a no, good what? one. Ghostbusters had a few good ones, if I remember right. Yep. Yeah, I remember Ghostbusters. <laughs> I know. I, I remember at least one, maybe five Rugrats Halloween specials um, that did not particularly teach a lesson, but they were still fun nonetheless. <laughs> It's just too bad you don't get like the full just out primetime specials, like new ones. Mm -hmm. Halloween almost isn't as innocent as it was when we were kids before. Now, you know, it's you go into a Halloween costume shop and it's all gore or women dressed as hookers. We'll just put it like that. (laughs) It's it's like somewhere the innocence is gone and we've lost these old specials to thank goodness they're still on DVD to share with your kids. But. You know, they don't put that on primetime anymore, except for, you know, the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Thank goodness that still shows on primetime. But all the other ones are all but lost. It's so sad. Yeah. There's well, very know, there's very few modern shows that I can think of. I know most of the Cartoon Network shows like Regular Show and Gumball and uh, Clarence and those shows do it. I know My Little Pony's had a couple holiday specials. So you still get them, but they're not primetime right. and they're not like they used to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I really liked what uh, they did with... Um, now I'm blanking out on the name of it. Uh, Mabel and Dipper. Um, oh, Gravity Falls. Oh, the yeah, Gravity, Gravity Falls. Falls. They had the Summer Sum- Ween special. Summer Ween, yeah. yes. <laughs> and the weird candy monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that whole series can be a good Halloween series to watch as well. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I hope that they some way find a way to resurrect that show because it ended just too soon. Mm-hmm. It's like, can't mm-hmm. we have next summer they come back for another visit? <laughs> I mean, you've that dealt with Bill. Great. Can't we have a new villain? Yeah, exactly. It would be great. And there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, territory that they can go through there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, guys, speaking of Halloween specials, there's actually another one that's kind of really near to my heart and dear to my heart. Uh, it's actually almost 20 years old this year. And uh, you guys probably remember it. Quack Pack. <laughs> I remember the show. I remember it wasn't very good. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Uh, Quack Pack was the show where you had Huey, Dewey, and Louie kind of in the preteen, adolescent uh, age range, uh, and it aired uh, back in 96, September. Let me double check. It aired September 
where is it? There it is. September 3rd of 96. And it ran till November 28th of 96. And all 39 episodes aired in just a couple of months. So they really, they really blew through that show really (laughs) quick. Um, But on October 31st of 96, they had the boy who cried ghost. And uh, it dealt with Dewey uh, causing pranks on his brothers the whole time. And it ends up they get stuck in a haunted mansion of a haunted mansion, of course, with Disney. (laughs) Go figure. And, um, you know, so the boys get into this haunted mansion and all of these, uh, you know, uh, Huey and Dewey or Huey and Louie are thinking that Dewey is still pulling pranks on them when really the house is actually haunted. And uh, later on, they all end up getting freaked out, realizing that it's not Dewey pulling the pranks but it's actually a haunted house. And that actually only ever released on VHS back in 1997. That was the last time it was released to the public. Oh, wow. Yeah. Of course, so, the scariest thing I think I've ever seen Donald Duck in is uh, Donald Duck in, and they used to show this as part of the, uh, um, what do they call it? It was like the Walt Disney Halloween. And they showed clips from a lot of the old cartoons, including Lonesome Ghosts, but they had a Donald Duck cartoon where they had the escaped gorilla where he oh, yes. was three prank yeah. him like a, in a gorilla suit. And yep. then yeah. the real gorilla shows up. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and back then they thought gorillas were like these dangerous, you know, monsters almost. And it chased around poor Donald. <laughs> and, and it was kind of scary. <laughs> well, and there's also a great Donald short with Witch Hazel. Oh, uh, yes. Coming along and helping out the nephews as uh, they try and get revenge back on Donald for taking all their candy. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a classic. Trick or treat for Halloween. <laughs> and there's also an, a new Halloween special from Pixar. Well, new-ish. Uh, Toy Story of Terror. Oh, that was yeah. pretty good. Oh, yeah. You know, which, you know, it's not specifically Halloween, but you've got a lot of horror movie tropes in it. As, oh, yeah. Um, you know, the toys end up in this uh, roadside hotel and something is kidnapping them. That's right. And that was a primetime special. I remember seeing yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, every once in a while we will get one, I guess. Like, every once in a while we get a new Christmas special, like Prep and Landing or the mm-hmm. Elf the Musical or whatever. But... It's just not every year, and it doesn't feel quite the same. Right? Yeah. Well, it used Disney to be grab the family, money. and it used to be a thing where you grabbed your family, and you all sat down, and you watched it, and that's what everyone in America was doing because there wasn't a whole lot going on on television, and it was sure. a special because it was not just a name, but it, it really was special for people to gather around, to sit down as a family, to spend special time together watching the Christmas or Halloween specials, and that's what made them so special was because they only aired – once a year and you couldn't watch it on demand and it was like Saturday morning cartoons. You watched it or you missed it, you know? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I think DVRs destroyed holidays. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll just watch it later. Exactly. And then if you're like me, you never get around to watching it. (laughs) <laughs> Although it is kind of nice because like TCM has been showing a lot of the classic movies overnight because if, if I'm going to watch a horror movie, I don't like any modern stuff at all. I like classic style where it's oh, yeah. more about story than gore and jump scares uh, like old Frank. I mean, they on TCM, they're they're having a it's Monster of the Month is Frankenstein. They're saying all kinds of different Frankenstein movies and they've shown the, the silent uh, Phantom of the Opera with Lon Chaney and uh, Nosferatu. And so I set my DVR to record those because they go on overnight. That way I can watch them throughout the day anytime i get a chance so a dvr does have its benefits but you know it does. I, well, I, make I sure mm-hmm. the other. if you if you like the classic universal stuff make sure you set it to record on the 30th on tcm i think they're playing pretty much all of them dracula wolfman creature the Invisible mummy man oh wow i don't know all if the mummy's classic... playing but yeah oh the mummy's like the best one <laughs> i don't think i've seen that one i know i've seen the wolfman the wolfman was was kind of sad it's scary because yeah. you feel bad for the guy that's cursed well, I'm uh, I'm hashtag Team Frankenstein over here, so 
<laughs> if that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's, we, we might as well wrap this up here. <laughs> so, golly, you know, we should talk about all this when October comes around. That would actually be a good idea for one of my shows. Yeah, yeah it would be. Yeah. As long as nothing weird ever happens in Neverland, and it's always this happy place. I'd hate to think of anything ever happening around here that would cause it to, you know, not be this happy land that we enjoy so much. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Of course it would. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if everybody stopped believing in fairies. Yeah, or some <laughs> weird, like, thing. Because, you know, I've, I've got, like, a version of Disneyland that we've kind of virtually created here in the world of our imaginations. And I've always suspected I've got something nasty in my weird version of the Haunted Mansion that's always wanted to get out of there. And I hope that never happens. That would be bad. October would be the most idealistic time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To turn the whole yeah. world upside down. On the stroke of midnight. <laughs> Garfield. <laughs> I know where that as long from. as there's some lasagna, I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, you all had a nice trip down memory lane, and you all like cartoons, do you? Well, let's just see if you survive an end dropped on your head. <laughs> yeah, I think that's our cue. Uh, what, to look for a clue? Uh, to ask what would Scooby do? No, to hope you're not stuck in glue. Run! Be, be sure to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com and send us an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. I'm out of here. <laughs>